Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 94. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, it's David Estrella. At sign QX20XX. I wanted to throw in there coming at you live, but as Evan had made the point earlier, we are not live. We're not live. It's all pre-recorded. It's all edited to make us not sound like idiots. That's not true. I barely edit this show. <laughs> You're actually getting the raw podcast content here from the Annie Gamers podcast. Yeah, I mean, we just export straight to MP3. Evan slaps it together in Audacity, and that's it. Uh, there you go. That's your podcast. I don't actually slap it together in Audacity, but we really don't need to tell the listeners all the details about what <laughs> I do. This episode, we are going to talk a bit about some uh, some anime and game stuff we've been up to, and uh, some news, and the Game Developers Conference, which I was adjacent to, and we're going to do our usual uh, little preview about what we are interested in in next season's anime in spring 2018. To start with, like two episodes ago, we talked about Celeste, I think, right? Yeah, that was two episodes which... ago. You should have been finished by that with that by now. All right, well, I finished it like two days ago, and it Ridiculous. is pretty good. Look, it took it a took while you so long. because I'm bad at video games. Right? It's not that so, hard. Well, it's not that hard when you're good at video games. Get good. It, it actually is it's pretty hard. I died like 2,000 times in that game. 2077 was the death total at the end of Celeste. For 20, 20, 20 what? 2,077 times. That's a lot. How many times did you die? Like 1,300. Yeah, wow. That's almost twice your <laughs> count. Like I said, I'm good. Look, I like it a lot. I like all the audio-visual kind of stuff. The pixel art style that it uses is really kind of like lush in a, a cool way. Like it has a lot of interesting you know, animation detail, and the coloring is really vibrant. Great music. Most of the platformer design is also really fantastic and i was just like constantly kind of like oh my god i can't believe they did that but there are definitely some points where the the there's weird kind of arbitrary difficulty spikes that i find kind of frustrating i understand other people liking them but i i went from at the beginning of it being like oh wow this is hard but in a really kind of you know fun way and then to parts later being like oh come on really really like because it'll do it's mainly the the parts that are are less of a puzzle and more of a you have to perfectly time sixteen jumps in a row and if you don't do them right you have to start over from the beginning. You know right? that's I don't know what to tell you, Evan. That's just what it means to be good. <laughs> Shut up! You can't just keep doing that to me. <laughs> you, Evan, I have a question. Might might you happen to to be a scrub, Evan? I am. Look, the thing is, this doesn't work on me because I just admit to all of the things that you are trying to accuse me of. Okay. All right. I guess you are like GameCube era gamer. What is that supposed to mean? I feel like we've gone over this time and time again. What is a GameCube era gamer? It means... It just means I'm really into like mini discs, whatever those were. Those were so cool. <laughs> those little mini DVDs. Yeah, you can't say that the GameCube didn't have style. It was, it, it was way ahead it of its did. time. Even people when people said that the purple was lame, nah, purple's hot. The purple was lame, but I no. guess it's hot now. No, and the handle? Come on. The handle! The handle the for handle. a console that you never move anywhere. I totally forgot about the GameCube handle. <laughs> 
It just sits there. You know, it's a home console. Why do you need a handle? People, because people, when they carry their GameCube over to their friend's house, you know how many massive gains you get lifting that handle? One hand <laughs> handle, the other hand four controllers. Get big. I feel like we were talking about Celeste. We were talking about Celeste. So Celeste has, Celeste has like a very interesting angle with uh, depression and anxiety. Yeah, there's that. Which, I don't know, you caught you caught that? Cause I, 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 Did I, I catch? I don't, I don't what know. do you mean you caught that? Because I, I feel like you could blow through so much of the content in the game, and like I played it one way, and then maybe there's some bits of it which were like you wouldn't ever touch on. See now you're thinking. You, now you're thinking. Wait, you, like, what, what do you mean? You mean there's like secret endings and stuff? I don't know. I only played it once. Okay, because what I'm saying is, of course, I picked up on like the depression and anxiety angle. The game is extremely, extremely in your face about it. Yeah, it was a little bit too like too there. It's a little on the nose. Like I actually kind of didn't like that so much because it's just like every time the characters talk about anything, they're like, "Yeah, this like." doppelganger of myself i've been trying to escape her and she is like really bogging me down <laughs> so it's all just know, like extremely whole, on the nose metaphors that whole dynamic actually reminds me a lot of set of uh, sonic adventure 2 with sonic and shadow <sighs> especially that at the end curses me especially it's, it's at a, the end <laughs> haunts me everybody brings it up all the time you're saying that sonic is Whatever her name is, Celeste. Yes, it's not her name. The mountain is named Celeste. Uh, uh, Madeline. <laughs> this is another Metroid situation where it's like the yeah. character is Metroid. <laughs> it is. It is. I keep wanting to call her Celeste, and then uh, Shadow is uh, like Goth Celeste. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just gonna keep calling her Celeste. <laughs> I can't not do it. Um. But yeah, like that whole end segment of the game, you could totally lay down some live and learn, and it would fit perfectly. Is that Shadow's line? No, that's the song, or dude. No. What? Oh, dude, I don't know. What do I know? Hanging out on to the edge Sonic of tomorrow. Nerd. I don't want to fuck the hedgehogs like you people. <laughs> hey, I resent that. You don't deny it, though. You I resent not, it, but you don't deny it. I do it. not want to fuck a hedgehog. Okay. <laughs> yeah, technically, just for the record, it's uh, it's an echidna that David wants to fuck. Whoa. Knuckles, baby. Knuckles. Uh, so I heard that you got a new console that doesn't have a handle. Whoa! I bought a PS4 with my uh, with my tax refund. I bought it on eBay, yeah. so I got like a ton of games. And oh man, the only game I've really been playing, aside from Persona Five, which I'm kind of forced at gunpoint to play because of a friend, I'm playing Bloodborne. And Bloodborne is so sick. It's like retroactively my game of the year 2015. Cause it's, Speaking of games that are very difficult. Bloodborne is... It's a... Uh, uh, Evan, what kind of what kind of game is Bloodborne? It's it's a Souls-like. I hate the term, like, yeah, Blood like. Souls or, oh, blood or Souls. Soulsborn. It's, it's the new Metroidvania, right? Yeah, it's the new Metroidvania, but it's a... Uh, it's just... It, that, that feeling, I feel so badass playing Bloodborne, you know, and it's, it's all, um, there's no story, right? Or, I mean, there's a story, but, like, does the story even matter? Because, again, it's like, like a Souls game, it's all told through lore, and mm-hmm. you kind of just have to get a grasp more of the atmosphere than anything. It's a, uh, ugh. 
Like the one, <laughs> the one person I talked to about Bloodborne absolutely hates the Souls series. So when I told them like Bloodborne has like this, like gothic Victorian horror angle to it, it just like rolled his eyes like 900 degrees in the back of his head. But uh, yeah, so you're up against like zombies, werewolves, ghouls, all that cool stuff. Which I'm again, it's, it's like it's been in video games forever. But I don't know, man. Bloodborne is, as a as a as an artifact of design belongs in a museum a hundred years from now because it's just it's so tight. Yeah, I've tried tried playing one of the Souls games years ago because a lot of my uh, a lot of my friends uh, at Crunchyroll were really into it, uh, and they like made me play it. I think <laughs> I was like sitting in the back uh. of a room and they were playing it, and I was like doing something else, and I commented on it or something, and they were like, "You have to play now," and I tried it and just couldn't figure it out. I was dying all Man, the time because it's way too hard for me. That's yeah. like that's the that scenario is an infant being thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Yeah, it was. They were just like hazing me. <laughs> they were like, "Make Evan play a Souls game." I actually, I was like really not into Bloodborne for a brief second, where I'm I'm up against the uh, the Blood Starved Beast, which is like the thing that like if you can't get past this, you will never you will never enjoy a Souls game. It's it's the uh, it's it's the test that will separate the, uh, the the scrubs from the people that are actually good. Because it's an easy boss fight, but... I feel like everything in Bloodborne is the test that will separate nah. the scrubs from the people who are actually good. Nah, because like, you can kind of like limp along for a, a decent amount of the game until you get to this thing. Because this thing will just like just tear you apart if you don't know the trick. And once you understand the trick, your whole mentality changes. Like, it's uh, The Souls game is very much a game that you just... You, you throw yourself into it until it finally clicks, and then you become, yeah. like, the god gamer. And just suddenly, like, you are just in such perfect control of everything. God gamer is just... God, like, it's like the god emperor in Dune, in that they're just <laughs> giant, just disgusting worms. Uh, too apt of a comparison, Evan. Yeah, it's a little little too close too, to home. Too, I think. too on too on the nose, as we've been saying. I, I think that's an ongoing theme with the uh, with games. So you have a PS4 now, so you can, uh, you, if you want to be like me with your new PS4, you can purchase uh, Star Wars Battlefront games and No Man's Sky. <laughs> the a thing bunch I, of bad decisions. The thing I've noticed about games now, because I've been like out out of the loop for console gaming for so long like in terms of like i don't i wouldn't count nintendo games as like console games because they're just kind of their own like closed off little park but then mm -hmm. you go into stuff like ps4 and i'm like i'll look at i'll look at what the game the games games don't retain their price anymore like you can get stuff like battlefront 2 for like five bucks because like things like this just crash yeah. and burn because of stuff like fortnite or PUBG. Well, yeah, it's because it's because games are now a service, right? Especially online games. But if that service uh, not doesn't take if right, that service but... doesn't take off, it's like shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's they're 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 not like a just a singular product, uh, except you know at least the, again multiplayer games. Single player games can have like a longer longevity, but it's just it's kind of another thing that's frustrating about it is like there's so many games out, and it's like a lot of times 
you know, you, you'll have like interesting online games that kind of just flounder and then like, oh, well, they weren't popular enough to beat this even more popular game. And so if you don't play it within the first year, you're never going to play it, right? Because yeah. the community is going to die and there won't be anything to do there. It's just uh, another disc with a bunch of dead worlds in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I've actually been playing... Uh, I don't want to talk about it a ton here because I have an article coming out in Any Gamers and we got to move on. But just speaking of that, I've been playing a really fascinating... Uh, online multiplayer game it's like an indie game called one hour one life that i'll, I'll do the quick pitch here because i want everybody to go play it it's uh it's from jason Rohrer, who's like a kind of solo indie dev he did the castle doctrine diamond trust of london sleep is death which is the one that i know him from and it's a uh, multiplayer, like, you know, MMO survival game where everyone's out in, like, the wilderness trying to craft things, like, you know, Minecraft-style stuff to survive. And everyone, every player lives for 60 minutes, and then it's, like, permadeath, and you just respawn in a new location after that. And you age from birth to death in 60 minutes. And every player, when they spawn, they spawn as a baby of another player. And so it's like multi-generational and it's really, it, it's cool. It's like a social experiment to see how players can build society together and like whether they'll all just devolve into chaos and kill each other. Yeah, see, now I'm just thinking like eventually it will be unplayable because somebody will figure out a way to like just wipe out this world. Well, yeah, you could, you could do it. I don't want to, I, <laughs> we shouldn't go into all the details, but there's like a whole crazy bunch of kind of social dynamics and stuff to it it's been really really fun to play and just sort of see how it develops but again that's one of those games right if you're not playing it now at some point it will fizzle out and there won't be anything to see but that will be that will be the point though yeah yeah Yeah. seeing like the dead world that it leaves behind yeah (laughs) that's cool i guess we we got to move on but i'll drop in i am watching some anime i've been watching turn a gundam which is pretty cool but very tomino and takes a long time to get cool you're turning around on it yeah at first i was like this is really silly and then it does some very cool stuff it does like a really goofy mary kate and ashley routine where two characters switch places i guess it's kind of like char and casvel or whatever what's his what's the guy he switches with quattro it's not casvel casvel's his real name no 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 <laughs> oh no the guy he switches with is char right yeah That's yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 because he takes on the identity of Char Aznival. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that, where like two characters switch places. And like with Char, it's really cool. And just like a bunch of interesting politics happens as a result of it. So there's some news. I think it, this was, uh, was yes. this today or yesterday? Yesterday. Out of like SakuraCon, I think. Yeah. Oh, uh, the deluge of Nisho Ishin content in my life. It's unstoppable. I, I literally just finished getting caught up with the Monogatari books. I just started mm-hmm. Zodiac War. I still oh, cool. have a couple... The anime t- or the book? The book. Okay. The book is actually... <laughs> the book's already way different from the anime, because the anime had all that backstory bit, and the book mm-hmm. does not. Oh, really? That's, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, because it's more about the uh, like that trick, because they're, they're I feel like the, every chapter is like a mini... like. Like a mini story with like a little Ishin twist, mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice, like a little nugget of uh, of that of the daily dose, <laughs> the daily Ishin dose. Yeah, um, but yeah, so Katanigatari is coming out from Vertical three in one volumes. I believe it's twelve volumes, so you're gonna get four 
hefty books out of it. And that is a very cool anime from White Fox. And now we can read it. And I'm pretty excited to read it because the Monogatari novels have been excellent so far. Like, compared to the adaptations, like, like I'm a fan of the anime, but the books just have so much more going on to them. Like, one of my least favorite uh, arcs in the anime is the um, Nekamonogatari arcs with Tsubasa Hanekawa as, like, the main heroine. For one book, it's actually told through her perspective. And this is the first time in the whole series after, like, I think, like, six books when finally somebody else gets to tell the story. And for, set like, six or seven books, like, I wasn't really feeling this character until finally she gets to speak. And, oh, man, the depths that we go to in that book. You know, she's got that... Because the thing is, Hanakawa's got that, like... She's, like, she's like the perfect uh, class president uh, cliche, right. right? But then this book is just the revelation, which is, like, you know, it's classic Nisha issue where it just like, builds up to, to like... Like that, that, that other, the other face of of the uh, right of, sure. these, of these tropes. Is she the one with like the braided hair? Yes, or whatever. Because I've seen yeah. the, I've seen like the first episode or two of Bake, and so I've seen her in that. Right, I think. Although she's only there for like clips, like little bits and pieces. Everybody's only there for clips. That's how the <laughs> show works. No, but like if you see the first two, then it's like it's mainly uh, Senjo Gahara. I guess so. I don't remember. But anyway, Katana Gatari coming out. I'm excited. Everybody else should be excited. Go read it. So, I live in San Francisco, David, as you know. Obviously. And I... <laughs> For somebody uh, who's not good and, at Bloodborne, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the Game Developers Conference was here last week. And uh, I've been to GDC once... When Crunchyroll got us badges for seemingly no reason, because one person managed to convince them uh, to pay for badges, even though we didn't work in the game industry. This year, I did not go, because while I do a little bit of game dev here and there, I absolutely can't justify the insane ticket prices for it. It's like hundreds of dollars or whatever to get in. But I did the thing that everybody does at GDC, like all the people who are not like, you know, game devs who actually can justify the price of it which is you just go to parties in san francisco and you hang out outside of gdc and then you go to like whatever things you can get into without a badge uh, other people will also trade badges and do that right where like you'll have a badge for a little bit but uh it was there's you know the part like most of the stuff at the parties is not worth talking about but one of the cool things about gdc parties is that they tend to have a lot of cool indie games around to play right so it's not just like people dancing or i thought it was just like yeah no it's just like just drinking no no yeah because i don't drink so it's like you know I'd, I'd just go to like hang out with friends or something but uh one of the cool parts is you get exposed to a bunch of like interesting games that are i think they're usually like either released already or very close to released so look david you 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 know we we did game stuff in college uh uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say on the show that you're working on a thing. I'm always working on something or other game-related and don't actually right. end up releasing it most of the time. Right. So, yeah, I, I think I want to describe some of these games to you because some of them are, are pretty pretty uh, interesting. 
So one of the ones at this party that's called That Party, don't even get me started on a name like that. Are you going to That Party? Right. San Francisco, by the way. Yeah, yeah. it's very it's very San Francisco. Don't, it's just, it's <laughs> like the worst. I hate it every time I have to say that name. So there's a game called Witch Ball, which I had never seen before. Witch Ball? Who's on first? <laughs> which, 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 ball. which ball? Which base? Who, who's? Yeah. Uh, no, it's witch like uh, like the magic kind, like a little witch academia witch. Oh, like a bloodborne witch. Like a sure, like a bloodborne witch, whatever you want. Okay. And uh, I th- this it's like it's really tough when you play this kind of thing at a party because I was like, all right, how do I play? And they're like, okay, it's it's pretty simple. You're you're just uh you're pl- you're like racing against this person and you're split screen and you're bouncing this ball back and forth and you're trying to get it into the goals on both ends of the screen like you're you're on the left you're trying to get it in the right side and they're on the right and they're trying to get it in the left side but you're all the ball bounces back and forth on the split screen and also when you move your character you control your character on both sides of the split screen and you can hit the ball on either side you can figure that out right I could not figure it Who's out the I played witch? it like twice. And I just, you're both witches, I think. Oh. Uh, completely indecipherable, but maybe cool. It reminded me of uh, The World Ends With You a little bit, in just in a minor way, because The World Ends With You had that thing where you have to, like, play on two screens at the same time, and your brain can't handle it, and so you have to figure out ways of, like, multitasking. Yeah, that's a very satisfying game of, like, just being, it's like, becoming good. and just I actually became like, kind of ma- good at that. Yeah, like, just mashing it yeah. out. No matter what you get into, like it's the you know the situation, you know how exactly how it's gonna play out, and like bam, 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 get all like the the nice moves in. It's a very good right. game for that kind of thing. You would probably like the the visual style of Witch Ball because it's like very glitchy and stuff, and has like Heck yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of out there looking, like a lot of like neon colors on on like a black background and stuff. Um, and uh, also the other game there called E-Cheese Zone, also extremely up your alley. <laughs> this is a game that... It's a, basically a simulated, like, desktop computer, and there's a bunch of mini-games on it that are, like, executable files, and you have to click on them and open them. And basically, you need to beat all of the mini-games in order to complete the game. Uh, but there's no there's no instructions for how to do anything, and... Everything, including... This is what people were telling me, because I couldn't totally figure this out. Everything, including navigating the, like, desktop computer part, has arcane rules, and if you screw something up, the entire computer shuts down for an hour, and the timer shows. Wow. (laughs) So it's like, oh, well, you have to double-click, but you can't... If you click once without clicking again, or if you click three times, then the whole thing shuts down. Right and like if you move so the mouse in the Damn. wrong way, then the whole thing shuts down. That's right? like that's then, like that's like that's like uh, just bringing the grandma experience to the uh, to the gamer. Right, right. I that's, think that's so kind of that's the so point. cool. And basically, the whole party was uh, was taking turns on it, and anytime someone screwed up or figured something out, they'd have to like take paper notes and leave them in front of it, so that the next person <laughs> would not screw it up. And I think also it was like if you. Um, if you take too long to try to solve it the entire game will like someone told me delete itself Whoa. off of the computer or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool uh just like bizarre right like just just the, the most out there stuff but that that's why i like going to gdc stuff because you get exposed to just like very strange experimental game designs 
Uh, I also went to Alt Control Party, which is a, I think it's like a kind of an after party for an event at GDC, which is like the Alt Control uh, Expo or whatever. And it's a lot, it's all like alternative control schemes and stuff and alternative input devices and things like that. And uh, this one, I had a Twitter thread about this because there were some very cool projects there. There was a, uh, the Thousand Button Project is a fighting game with a fight stick thing that's like not it doesn't actually have a stick on it it's just buttons and it's like i think uh like 50 buttons per player just kind of arrayed in this big (laughs) grid and uh each button every round is randomly assigned to an action in the fighting game and so you don't know what it is and so the only thing you can do is button mash so it's like even movement is mapped to the buttons randomly so it's like one button will move you up, another button will move you right, another button will do a light punch. And uh, it's great. You, you know, you play it for five minutes and then you get bored. But it's, uh, <laughs> but it is very funny. And, uh, you know, you're yelling at me to get good. It's a game where you can't get good, David. Nah, there's, You'll never get good. there's absolutely going to be a strategy that I'm definitely going to see that in Evo, right? Well, that was... <laughs> I actually was, yeah, that was my joke, was uh, that actually they, some, if if you put it in Evo, someone would figure it out, right? Someone would be like, Hell yeah. okay, so, so you, you have X number of frames of time <laughs> to figure out your moveset every round before the other player might be able to kill you. And then once you figure out your moveset, you need to use that, right? And like memorize where the buttons are and you yeah. need to do that, do that again every round. See, right? I think, I think it would just be. Like, who can find the button that moves you forward first? And yeah. who, who can get, like, the right forward and attack button? Except if the other player is button mashing the whole time, the other player is so unpredictable that you, you can't react to them, right? Exactly. So because then in that case, it might, be more, it might be more important to find your guard button. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all these priorities. It's something. like, whose priority <laughs> is it's like, to move, to hit? See, because yeah, the button masher... There's always going to be an opening. That's the That's thing true. about button mashing. So somebody but the other person like, won't be able to figure out where the opening is because they don't know what the button nah, masher is nah, nah, going to do next. No, nah, no, nah. It's like this This game is like PUBG, but on like an arcade <laughs> stick. It's the PUBG of yeah. arcade sticks, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the funny part, too, is when I told the dev that, I was like, you know, fighting game people would figure this out. She was like, oh, if they figure it out... I'll just change the game again to make it so they can't figure it out. Like, just deliberately trying to make sure that nobody can figure out a strategy nah, nah, for you, it. So then you just introduce red zones, which is like you just punch yourself if you hit like the button. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. There was also let's see. Oh, there was you. Oh man, this one's so cool. Choose a Tron is a text adventure game, but the entire thing is delivered via a receipt machine where you have these like buttons to choose between your options. And so it just prints out line by line the the text adventure, and then you like pick an option, and it prints out more, and then you get to keep it. So I have like a receipt with the entire game that I played. Nice. That's like super cool. And then uh, probably the best one was called Eight Player NES Controller, and it's a uh, it's kind of what it sounds like. Uh, it's just a normal NES with like normal games. The software is exactly the same, but uh, hooked up to it are eight nes controllers but each of them only has one of the nes buttons and then every player <laughs> plays one of them <laughs> uh it's 
great. We played Tetris, and it was just <laughs> everyone shouting at each other. Yeah. Being like, turn, 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> That's a really good game for that. Yeah, and also, you know, you have two people who both have turn buttons, but going in different directions. So if they don't coordinate, or if one of them doesn't just put the controller down, then they'll, like, turn, you know, they'll conflict each other's turns when they're both trying to do it. That one is great. That's like a fantastic, it's weird. It's like a fantastic party game, but all it is is just a controller or eight controllers that you hook up to existing games, right? Man, like I'm a little like never, I'm never convinced about GDC until like you tell me like, look, look at this game, which is like everybody gets a button on an NES controller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just really good. I, a lot of the stuff at that one, I think was from like, because I was looking up, you know who the people were making them i think a fair number of people there are probably like like at least one of them was like a you know professor in a games program at a college right it's like that's the kinds of people who are making stuff that's like that out there it's not mm. you know not like more commercial devs doing that most of the time some of them are more commercial devs i think i think there was also one that was like a just a strip of led lights and then you like turn this little switch on it to move a light up and down the the strip so it's like there's not even a screen, right? It's just the entire thing is just played on a strip yeah. of lights. Back to basics. Kind of cool. There was also it was, it was at a bar, so they also had this wacky game called Skee Ball, uh, which was uh, oh right, that was just the normal, <laughs> just the <a> normal <laughs> Skee Ball thing at this bar. Uh, anyway, so that was that was pretty cool. At the actual convention, apparently there was some Yoko Taro stuff that went down. Yeah, man, like, I don't know, like, I guess his handler said, like, no photos, and then apparently GDC, the organization itself, doxed Yoko Taro, the man who never reveals his face, but he's actually revealed his face on multiple occasions, several times, and most people just say he looks like Hideki Kamiya, so there's just an right. urban legend, like, oh, or Yoko Taro is Hideki is Kamiya. Is Hideki Kamiya, yeah. Hideki Kamiya has actually appeared as Yoko Taro with the mask and taken it off and just revealed it to be Hideki Kamiya. Right. I'm, which I'm pretty sure is yeah. like also real and an urban legend because I don't know who to believe. Yeah, he gave a, he gave a talk, I think, about like making weird games for weird people. And I think he was also got, he got an award at the awards, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's probably it about time. Guys put in work. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he was there. I didn't get to go to any of his stuff because I wasn't at the convention. I did go to something called Lost Levels, which is super cool. It's an unconference that happens outside of GDC. So an unconference is like a conference where that has like a very informal sign-up process and like is kind of, there's like nobody really running it and you kind of just like show up and then run an event or like run a talk or something like on the spot, right? You don't like sign up beforehand and get approved. Uh, and it's, it has a lot of indie devs and stuff, and and it's it's interesting because it's a lot of people giving these like little talks about like uh, making you know strange indie games or like even just stuff like time management. When I went a couple years ago, I saw like a talk on uh, what I what I learned about game dev from working at a gas station, things like that. <laughs> right, it's just like kind of out there stuff, and it's actually it's pretty popular. Like. You would think that it's only for the people who couldn't afford a GDC badge, but like lots of people with badges, with like expensive GDC badges, leave the con center and miss other events to go to this completely free thing in the park that people run. So it's it's kind of cool. At this point, it's actually it's so 
decentralized that the people who used to run it don't actually run it all like they, their website just says like lost levels is for you to run now just anybody <laughs> who wants to run it you can just run it and call it lost levels right like <laughs> and finally the actual like big news that came out of this thing which i think is super cool and interesting is uh game devs are trying to unionize uh-oh a lot of people uh i think are in danger of losing their jobs huh maybe did you did you see this thing while it was unfolding david a little bit. Yeah, it was it was basically the uh, the IGDA, the the International Game Developers Association is kind of supposed to represent developers, right? Like they're not a union, but they're like uh supposed to be I think kind of like a developer advocacy group or whatever, but they've ended up being uh, in a lot of ways uh, from what I've heard from from game devs and stuff, they've been pretty associated with publishers and stuff and studios right right as opposed to helping individual devs and i think the whole thing started because they hosted a panel the head of the igda hosted a panel that was uh uh, let me actually like get the article or that mentions it because it's got a funny it's got a funny name it's called union now pros cons and consequences of unionization Right, not run by like an actual game dev, uh, at least not someone who's currently a game dev. I don't know if she was like, pre, you know, one in a former life, but uh, basically, people showed up and all they did was talk about the pros, and then the person running the panel was the only person bringing up the cons. <laughs> right, and they were like, "Hey, this sounds like a very good idea." Oh, <laughs> she was like, "But what if it's bad to do a union?" They were like, "We're going through all this crunch time." We're not getting paid for stuff. We're getting badly mistreated. We'd like a union. (laughs) Um, And there was also a uh, group that kind of formed, I think, around that. I think, like, the announcement of that panel is what kicked the whole thing off. So there's this group called Game Workers Unite, which is trying to advocate for a game dev union. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this. Obviously, you know, I'm I'm, uh, my political leanings. If you follow me on Twitter, my political leanings are pretty pretty clear and uh, i i think this is like a would be a really good thing for game developers and uh, most of the devs i talked about were talked to about this were pretty interested in it not everybody was like ready to sign on to it immediately but people were kind of like yeah definitely we have some issues and this might help and i kind of feel like if the studios are freaking out about it that's a good sign yeah man right some some game devs are gonna die for this yeah, maybe. I mean, right, there's definitely, there's the, this stuff is usually involves a fight, right? And like, yeah, the, this is why this is why people are afraid to do it, because sometimes if you're the first one to try it and you don't and it doesn't work, then, you know, a lot of people get fired or punished for trying. Right. Yeah. Like to try to unionize their office or whatever. Um, but also. I, you know, there's an argument, there's a good Kotaku article about it that makes this point that like once one of them succeeds, that can kind of be like a domino effect because then other studios can sort of, their employees can make a better case to people to be like, actually, this is like, we can do this. This other studio, they managed to do it, right? But yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it is really, it's, it's really fucked up what game devs have to go through, right? Like you just, there's such a reputation that, you know, even people outside of the industry know it. That's, like, just how rough it is and how, like, a lot of these companies prey on people who are working on these, like, you know, passion projects. They're like, oh, I do it because I love making games. And then mm. they 
take advantage of them. They they put him through all this like crazy overtime, which I believe doesn't get paid a lot. Passion is probably like the worst word. Yeah. In in like just <laughs> in the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's used to take advantage of so many people. And it's it's like, you know, similar to what we talk about sometimes with anime, right? Because anime, like animators in Japan get mistreated for similar reasons. And it just uh, makes it really uncomfortable sometimes to consume this stuff and know how many people got mistreated along the way to making this stuff come out, right? Not to mention the fact that both of us are at least, you know at least uh, kind of game devs on the side in yeah. some form. And so there's aspirations also... of being devs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, well, I don't know. I would, I would say it's a little more than aspiration. We've made games before. That's enough to, to qualify you for it. I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I guess my expectations are like, is my, not, a, uh... not professional game developers, right? You no, still be no, a game no, no. dev. You're just not a professional game developer. <laughs> it's a, it's like that. It's like that thing. Like where like you have to like make that determination. Like, am I an artist or whatever? Like even if sure. you've like just just drawn some uh, a couple of uh, like shitty I don't know line drawings and posted them on Twitter. I think that makes you an artist. I'm I'm pretty liberal with that. I think if people you know if people want to call themselves that, that's cool. Yeah. I don't but think then, we should discourage yeah, people from that. <laughs> no, but then it's like you run you, it. You run into a challenge, I guess, when your ideas conflict with another person's ideas where like the have being like the artist means like having like the ridiculous pics of backlog of like just insanely right. hyper detailed <laughs> art yeah anyway what i'm kind of getting at there is i think there's a you know i i certainly despite not working at, professionally as a game dev feel you know a fair bit of like solidarity with folks not to mention because i'm also a software engineer since you know whatever related industry so it's just you know i don't know firsthand how rough that stuff can be but i can definitely imagine how tough it is and i think that people deserve to be treated a whole lot better for it so anyway go make a union game devs i'm with you as much as i can be i don't think there's much that we can do other than just sort of make a (laughs) podcast and say do it you deserve it <laughs> yeah do it says the guy who uh i guess abusively puts in too many hours on his own thing and has nobody to blame but himself right but that's your own thing that's, that's my own that's, thing uh, it's a whole different uh <laughs> i am <laughs> whole different question right because it's uh it's one thing if you're you're putting in those hours for yourself it's another thing if you're doing it for someone else who makes a bunch of money off of you and then doesn't kick anything back yeah right so anyway, speaking of industries where people get horribly mistreated, there's so much anime coming out next season, <laughs> oh, and uh, nobody's getting paid enough for it. I'm like in such danger of tuning out, Evan. This uh, this list is this list is uh yeah, I don't know. Is there anything that you want to watch in spring 2018, David? Anything? The new Sword Art Online. Don't say. Just anything but the new Sword Art Online. You really want to watch that? I don't know, man. It uh, it looks tight. Isn't it written by... Someone was telling me, I didn't realize this. It's written by Keiji Sigsawa, the Kino's Journey author. Heck yeah, apparently. man. He can't... Even he can't save that. The, the thing is that there's no Kirido or whatever in it. Right, right. The main protagonist is like uh, a woman who's very self-conscious about her height. Which is like a no. super moe point for me. No. Dave is just going to watch it for the, the moe. This is going to make me angry. 
So David's watching that shit. And you're there's nothing I mean, I have a big list of things that I'm at least somewhat interested in. Yeah, like let's you got rattle nothing. let's rattle off that list because Let's like, rattle off. Alright. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to put these in some kind of order here, Ooh. which is not the order that we have them in these notes. Golden Kamui is coming out. We talked about this in our best of twenty seventeen show for the manga. Golden Kamui rules, at least the manga does. It's like this historical period piece in Hokkaido about surviving in the wilderness and also it about like the Ainu people and it's also kind of like a Guy Ritchie movie where everybody's trying to get this gold and uh, man, it is great and I hope the anime does it justice. I feel, I feel like the PV I saw makes me feel like production-wise it's not going to be super interesting but it the the original is very good so hopefully they capture some of that also we talked about another show we talked about on this podcast previously is hisone and masotan which is the bones and mario kata show Oof. produced by shinji higuchi with trigger staff working on it Oof, you went over two like on that opening yeah uh it's definitely questionable but also I know you're gonna staff watch it. mixed together well i want to watch it but nobody's licensed it yet which is crazy yeah. kind of heard through the grapevine that uh there might be some issues in terms of how negotiations are going on it and that maybe nobody might license it cutie honey universe is coming out the new cutie honey show i really want to check that out but i also haven't i feel like i haven't watched enough of the old cutie honey stuff i've seen bits and pieces but not like i haven't finished an entire cutie honey show but from who so who's making it yeah it is produced by production reed who reed i've heard of them and i'm trying to remember what i've seen from them they did in another world with my smartphone uh, which we briefly talked about in the previous uh. episode. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I even watched a PV for that. I just know that Cutie Honey's cool, and I want to watch it because it's a Cutie Honey show. There's a lot of old stuff coming back, actually. So there's Cutie Honey, right? There's Captain Subasa, Captain which Subasa's I'm probably back. not going to watch, but I'm, I think it's funny that it's back. And you know how like they keep trying, you know, they do these reboots, and they're like, all right, we're gonna. We're gonna like update the character designs, right? And you get stuff like uh, like Devilman Crybaby. Captain Subasa just looks like a 2018 DigiPaint version of the original Captain Subasa. Like can't the touch character that, designs though. are identical. They can't touch it. Captain Subasa is sacred, man. You can't. Yeah. Can't yeah. Mess with it. The thing is, though, I feel like people have moved on. Like, I don't think that the ladies want to bang, like, want or want those uh, those two boys to bang anymore. I think, like, nah, they need dude. to look different. No, nah, dude, this is for the uh, Latin America crowd. That's true. The Latin America crowd is totally gonna be excited about a new Captain Sabasa. Honestly, Ecuador is probably gonna, like, license it to live stream to their people out in, like, all the major cities. And then get a, a lawsuit. Wow, we didn't even talk about that in news because I forgot about it because it was like two weeks ago. But yeah, that Dragon Ball Super thing where like Toei sent a cease and desist to like the entire country of, who was it? Ecuador. Was it Ecuador? It was Ecuador? Yeah. yeah. Ecuador, could you not show Dragon Ball Super on a big ass projector so, in the so middle good. of the city? It's so good. That's like, that's like a, a love that Goku post come to life. Oh, it's incredible. I love it. Toei just 
<laughs> go home, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him watch Dragon Ball. Jeez. Uh, anyway, so that's coming back. There's Lupin Part 5 in France now, and he's got like an eye patch or something. Part he's got a five. robot eye patch, like the guy in uh, the guy in Old Noah Zero or something. The people like Part 4? And it's Part 5. I know, but... I, part I, 4 did, was... Yeah. Did, did people like it? Oh, did, yeah, people liked it a lot. I only watched the first half, but I gotta go back and finish it. It's good. All right, it has all right. like a main story, which is not what I'm used to in a Lupin show other than like Ooh. the Fujiko one. Okay. There's like, a, Wait, part there's like five's an actual got a main plot throughout. So part five probably will. Part Wait, four part... had a main story. Oh, okay. That might be yeah. cool. It's cool, but it's just not what I'm used to. I'm used to like the one-off loop on heists and stuff. Yeah, like right? that's, that's fine and all, but like Fujiko Mine was, uh, that was, that was pretty good. Yeah. I, oh, Fujiko Mine had, I think, some issues at the end, but it was cool what they were going for. Yeah. And it looked very good. Even I, Mario Kata was on that, wasn't she? That was. That's part of the problem. Is Mario yeah. Kata and like Dai Sato? It's a, a know, potent we got, cocktail. We, we got the, uh, but we got the Black Rock Shooter Mario Kata. Oh right. Yeah. That was. Uh, <laughs> that's why I liked it so much. Just to not give a shit. Oh yeah, there's new. I forget. I forget if I mentioned. I might have just said this. There's a new Gegege no Kitaro, which is going to be interesting. I don't know how long it's been Jeez. since we had a, a Kitaro show. Yeah. What? What else are they going to bring back? Oh, they're going to bring back... Uh, I was looking at the list. They're going to bring back Ashita no Joe. Megalobox is that new show from MAPPA, I think. That is a spin-off from Ashita no Joe, from Tomorrow's Joe. That's that robot boxer one. Yeah. Uh, I want to watch that, but the problem is I haven't watched Ashita no Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I got to uh. go back and watch it because I, I don't want to like, you know, you know you know me. I'm doing the Evan thing. I can't uh, like Evan. watch the spin-off Classic first. Evan. Yeah. Looks really cool though. It, it I like how it uh, it actually is replicating the Dazaki Sugino style from the original because I've seen parts of the original, so I know what it looks like. It has that like Dazaki Sugino kind of sheen to it. They had a very distinct visual style. Those two guys. That's Osamu Dazaki, the director, and Akio Sugino, the animation director. For those of you not familiar, and uh, they kind of tried to recreate that like really melodramatic style that they went for, which is cool. So that's the sort of new, like old. Oh no, I forgot. There's one more new legend of the Galactic Heroes. You were actually all excited of the about that? Characters look like just boring, digi painted 2018 idol boys. Yeah. It's really boring looking. And I also haven't finished the original. So I also have to shelve that and just watch the original. Damn. Because the original is probably better. Did you hear about that $800 also, box set? It's the original. Oh yeah, we didn't oh, even talk about we that. We didn't even there's, talk about that one. $800 LOGH box set and uh, it's time for everybody to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, that's right. I was talking to a friend last night and I was like he was like, "Would you buy that?" And I was like, "Man, I don't even buy like most stuff at full price anyway. If they cut it in half, then I would also probably not buy it." <laughs> if it were like $400, I'd be like Oh, maybe I'll wait till it's cut in price. And they're like, it is cut in price by 50%. And I'd be like, not I can, enough. I can just Gotta very... Go lower. I can very easily imagine, like, some sort of really shitty Lupin the Third cosplayer caper trying to steal that thing from a dealer's room. Oh, man. 
you're gonna get a lot of that that'd be really good yeah someone tries to steal it and then it turns out that like fujiko had it all along and she just <laughs> rides off on her motorcycle <laughs> into the sunset holding up like you see the silhouette of the triangular box set against the sun <laughs> as she rides away <laughs> so anyway i'm not gonna watch that uh what i am interested in a couple other ones which i'm less interested in but they're they're things that uh we that that are just you know seem vaguely interesting maybe i'll watch an episode uh magical girl sight this seems like your kind of thing maybe man i can't believe they're it's doing like another edgy, magical girl show another yeah, edgy like, magical girl show it's it, it looks not just like madoka edgy it looks higurashi edgy Oh man, she's gonna be funny. Like there's people with like the See, crazy looking faces cause, and stuff. Because like, the, I mean, they tried to do that before with uh, what was it, uh, magical girl raising project or whatever it was called, where it was like right, right. That but was then like it never like that. it never really took off from what I heard. Like nobody's gone like full tilt on yeah. like edge, on the edge, like just bleeding edge. Right. Well, they're gonna try. I f- the re- only reason I was vaguely interested in this one is because I thought I had like heard a lot of buzz about the manga years ago, so you know, like, I you thought know it was at least I'm, something I'll notable. Just, I'll just put it out there. I'm like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be down for like just one absolutely shitty trash magical girl <laughs> show. Okay, just like nice. just just be as trash as possible. Don't hold back. It looks it looks pretty trashy. There's also the Piano Forest or whatever, Piano no Mori, which is, uh, looks ink core, ink like core. just tailor-made for our buddy Ink from Gamers, because it's just like adult or like older men quietly standing around and or playing piano. <laughs> probably, probably has an actually good story. Uh, we'll see, right? I mean, maybe Ooh. not, but uh, <laughs> it does look like the kind of, uh, kind of thing that would be potentially, you know, if, if if done well, really kind of subdued and interesting. But I've only really seen like a PV, which didn't say much. I don't, I'm not familiar with like if there's source material or anything. Uh, there's also, they're doing an Assy McGee anime. You saw that? Uh, what? Oshiri Tante. It's like a kid's thing. Oh, it's a oh, oh, butt it's, detective. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Literally Assy <laughs> McGee. <laughs> they're making an assy mcgee adaptation it's great that's another Definitely thing that's just gonna like not that. gonna be on <laughs> streaming at all right right yeah who's gonna license that maybe that's the kind of thing that crunchyroll gets though because they just like eh, whatever we'll take it sure right <laughs> package deal with like i don't know something else and i saved the most important one for last which is the one that david and i are contractually obligated we must watch it you know what i'm talking about oh uh, david oh uh, we we are going to be doing episode by episode recaps of the Ed Chavez anime Gurazini. Which one's that one? That is the baseball manga that is directly based on Ed Chavez. No way. Our friend, formerly from Vertical, and they are finally making an anime out of it. It's been a pretty popular manga for years. Oh shit! It's been on the cover of whatever magazine it runs in, like it's on the cover all the time. Uh. You you've seen it. It's his avatar on Twitter. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just looks like him because it's based on him. Because <laughs> he used to be a minor league baseball player. Okay, so there we go. That's the one guaranteed. That that's we like have the, to that's, watch that's, Yeah. 
Okay. The manga's never been released in English either, so I've never gotten a chance to actually like really read the manga. I'm not reading I don't read scanlations that often, so like I didn't seek it out. So anyway, that's the anime we're looking at for next season. Uh, we'll probably talk about some of that when I feel it starts I feel better. Out, I feel be better about week. spring. There's cool stuff. There's a lot, like more than I no, have time to there's watch. There's not a lot. There's just yeah. uh, there's the Edge Chavez anime. That's it. That's it. You really just okay. I was being optimistic. You were just <laughs> only excited about and sort the Ed manga, which is fine. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's move on to something that will cheer you up, David. We have some emails here and some uh, some questions. Let's actually do a couple of of uh, leftover ones from previous let's episodes. Then we'll it. get to the ones from this time. We got a question from. Uh, at sign Hazukari, enemy of the show, enemy. mortal enemy of the show. <laughs> this is a kind of old one, but uh, we're we're coming up on convention season, so it's relevant. Uh, this is for at sign QX twenty XX. What will it take for you to actually go to AX again this year? Oh man, uh, let me think about that one. I don't know, man. Like the thing is, because like. It people that like I really admire, like creators that I really admire, I'm actually like I I like to keep my distance in a way. <laughs> I don't what? I don't I don't wanna get I don't wanna get up in like their space and just like be like a mess, you know? I don't wanna contaminate them. I yeah. wanna keep them pure of my disgusting body. Yes, yes. Uh so I wanna <laughs> I wanna keep um Zune creator of Toho uh just Free, free of my impurities. Probably uh, Nisha Ishin too. I'm pretty sure I'd like just freak out. Uh, Is he coming? No, he's not coming. Okay. Zune, Zune came. Zune came the uh, like two, oh, two, right. two years ago. Vofan, the illustrator for Monogatari, is coming to Anime Central this year. Uh, and I'm not going to contaminate his, uh, his his space with my presence. Mainly because I don't feel like traveling to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I think like I think that's about it. I'm pretty good just like meeting anybody else. It's like just I guess if you I guess if you're like involved in Monogatari or Toho in any way, I'll, like I'm I'll be uh I'm I'm just I'm too respectful. I don't know. Whatever, David. We got to get you a press pass so just in case you can come do interviews with people. Because last time we had to like do some crazy thing to sneak you into an interview so you could actually do it. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, well, those those the uh, those FGO guys are. Uh, I think I think they're gonna be as untouchable as uh, as Nasu at this point. <laughs> with what, what their their hell game being like the the sort of one yeah. percent odds kind of gotcha game that it is i think they've uh i think the american audience has just there's enough bad blood between the devs and the americans at this point that they've got a <laughs> they, they can't walk out there and in, into the uh the convention center without like just a lot of protection and we got one more david this is a special one we uh so i got a bunch of dms that were intended to be read on the show uh from at sign nakara in the past, we've asked people to write reviews of the show while high. So here we go. <laughs> Here's my high podcast take for Annie Gamers. Uh, and I'm just going to read this as is. And we'll see how this goes. 
Um, I'm starting March comes in like a lion for the first time, and I've already wondered if we have anime niche clique clicks. I, I can't believe I just said cliques. Cliques! Based on who was affected, affected by the same types of shows. I wonder if that makes sense. This show is so graphically beautiful already. Five seconds out of the OP, I can see its hype. It seems like Shaft. I'm also noticing the show is using good negative space and diagonal lines. I guess that I don't, I've never been high, but I imagine that noticing good negative space and diagonal lines is one of those things that happens when you're high. <laughs> Uh, it reminds me of the way the art of uh, Asano Inio did when I first saw it. I actually probably, this is a lot to read. Maybe I won't read all of it. Uh, <laughs> You're on a roll, uh, Okay, things that get name-dropped here. Oyosumi Poon Poon. Perfect insider gets name-dropped. Framing characters in open spaces. It's easier to ingest soul-wrenching, bleak, triggering feelings when they're cartoons. Maybe that's why BoJack Horseman is so popular now. Damn, name-dropping BoJack Horseman in the middle of the high uh, anime gamers podcast take even south park used to be in its own crass way it's easier to separate from the pain of associating with a live character and reliving their trauma isn't as harsh for me as watch watching the same premise in live action kind of why i hate dc comics movies right now and uh, okay i'm going to bed but there's my high hot takes well david do we have uh we have a response to the, these uh dozen dms <laughs> That's uh, that's not sliding into DMs. That's like that's just kind of crashing into your DMs oven. It's like Tokyo Drift, but off of the mountainside into your DMs. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually struggling to find it. <laughs> I, I, like, I saw you stroke your hair and like. Hmm. I think we don't have a response to that, but uh, just to to make uh, to make Nikara feel a little better, we're gonna answer one question from her. In addition, that we can actually answer which is a leftover one. But also, thank you. Thank you for uh, sending us stuff while high. Everybody, please send us your, your high takes yes. on things. Uh, so she asks, what would your respective devil mans look like? First off, it's devil men, plural. Let's get that straight. I think so, the show uh, established that, right? Because we're all devil men. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah. Right, yeah, we're all devil men. That's true. So what does your devil man look like, David? Like when you turn into a devil, what's your what's your de- what does the demon look like? You remember my Ivysaur icon? Yeah, okay, I see where you're going. I like this. Okay, but it's uh, I think it'd just be a a mash of that with like the the consistency of a Dragon Quest slime. Okay, so it's just like a like a slimy looking. Ivysaur. Oh, oh, oh! So you know, you know what it looks Bulbasaur like. Bulbasaur. Ivysaur. No, 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 no! I got, it, I got. It. It's uh, it's the, uh, it's the part in the Super Mario Brothers movie when Dennis Hopper is starting to like melt into goop, but he's in the T Rex form. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the Super Mario Brothers movie. Fuck I don't you. know what you're talking about, but what? somebody does. Somebody what? listening knows what you're talking about, and I don't. <laughs> You've not seen the Super... Oh, God. That's the next podcast, Evan. We actually I, that's, should that's, do a show that's, on that. That's, that's, that's the sounds, next podcast. That sounds AGP core. Holy that like shit. Good, that's yeah. the next podcast. That That is a classic, classic movie, Evan. <laughs> okay. I have a very dumb idea for this. So it's... Uh, if you Do you remember when uh, when Shigeto Koyama drew me as a dog? I was thinking just that, yeah. And then I have, like, my, my tongue like uh out like a dog and that's actually what my avatar is is like a version of that that he did it's that but just like more fucked up and with like a bunch of demon shit on top i'm just like a really messed up looking dog but i still have my hair 
and my glasses on because uh, that's like part of the look. No, you're like the uh, like the Left 4 Dead 2 liquor. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the Resident Evil 2 liquor. I have to look that up again. I forgot uh, what that looks like. Oh, is it the smoker? Is it the smoker with the long tongue? Yeah, it's the smoker, I think. Oh, it is the liquor. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. That's me. <laughs> yep. Got it. Okay, cool. Go. Well, that is it for this episode of the Annie Gamers podcast. We'll be back soon with some more stuff. If you uh, would like to email us, send us an email at podcast at anniegamers.com. Tweet at us. I am at sign vampvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. I'm at sign QX20XX, QX20XX. And Annie Gamers is at sign Annie Gamers, one word. We're both on Mastodon. I am vampvo at mastodon.social. I am 20XX at caro.ccsakura.jp. We have a new Discord server. I'm yeah! not going to read out the URL like I did last time. But uh, please go to our site, which is anigamers.com slash podcast, and Check the link will be on there. You can click that and join our Discord, hang out with other listeners. It's a real good time. Still a little quiet right now, but it's getting getting a little more filled up with folks. And subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. If there's something else that we should be on, let us know, and we will add ourselves to it. Check out anygamers.com, our main website for articles and other podcasts. We just published a an interview with some of the staff of Relife, the anime series. Pretty interesting. There's an interview that Inc. did, and uh, maybe by the time this is out, my article on One Hour, One Life will be out. So that is uh, going to be another cool thing to check out if you thought the game sounded interesting i'm writing for otaku usa magazine as always as well as i am continuing to promote my trigger article on anime news network and sometimes i post on animeburgertime.tumblr.com my blog about anime hamburgers i never post on qx20xx.tumblr.com but i do have twitch.tv slash smallbean popping off it is a uh it's a good time streaming every Friday and Saturday, although not this weekend because it's a uh, holiday for everybody. What's it a holiday for? It's a good Friday. Not It wasn't that good a Friday. I didn't have work off. Shit. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> More like a mediocre Friday if you ask me. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in about two weeks. With the Super Mario Brothers movie podcast. I suppose. <laughs> You gotta let me have this one. I gotta throw David a bone every now and then. Goodbye. See y'all. The increasing probability of a streamer saying the N-word. <laughs> it's just inevitable. They all do it, right? Just like, oh, there, and there he goes. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. You're going to do it if you get too popular. You can't... You got to get out. (laughs) You either die a hero or live long enough to say the N-word on stream.